Hey, what's going on? Welcome to the Once Upon a Time in Huntsville podcast hosted by yours truly, Sampley Baranaga. Hope you guys had a happy new year. Hope you guys enjoyed that last interview I had with Hunter Duhan. Uh, the show, Your Honor, is cr- crushing it right now on Showtime. Go check it out. Um, if you're new to this podcast and you're a first-time listener and you're just jumping on this one because you're interested in the topic today, thank you for clicking. Uh, please go check out uh, my Patreon or my Facebook or my Instagram, all that stuff. Just look at Once Upon a Time in Huntsville, all that fun stuff. Anyway, uh, no guests today. I-, I thought it'd been a while since it just was a... Me and the listener. Um, <laughs> that's not plural because I feel like sometimes there's just someone out there, just just one individual listening, and I thank him or her. Um, today, uh, I meant to do this earlier. I meant to do this actually at the end of the year, but uh, I had so many um, great uh, guests booked. We had to get those done first. Uh, I'm going to spend some one-on-one time with you, and I'm going to share with you, I believe... Uh, the 230 films I watched in the year of 2020. And you may be thinking to yourself, wow, that's that's a lot of movies. How, how are you able to stretch that into your um, busy, uh, you, you know, famed schedule? And um, this, the simple answer is I love movies, and I try, I try to squeeze in one every day or every other day. But um, I, I just love watching them, and you'll and you'll probably see that I have um, a very taste. I, I try to watch all the movies I possibly can. Uh, let's just get started. I'll just I'm just gonna read. I, I have this journal that I write, and I write little notes, and I'll share that with you, and I'll sh- uh, tell you whether you should check it out or not. And um, the reason why you should trust my opinion is because I don't know. I mean, you've gone this far. Or unless you're a new listener, then uh, go check out the other ones, and then maybe you'll you'll end up liking me. Uh, I say we just get started. So last year, the first movie I watched was Whiplash, directed by Damien Giselle, which released in 2014. Um, I actually just watched this again uh, a couple of days. I rewatched it with my uh, lovely fiance Aaron, and. Sh- I, I try to watch this movie every single year. I think it is an absolute masterpiece. Every time I watch it, I pick up something new from it, or I understand maybe something I didn't the last time I watched it. Um, I feel like most people have seen this movie. I'm not going to try to spoil anything, but I'm just going to say it has one of the best endings of all time. Like, It still gives me goosebumps. The reason I watch this movie every single year is because it gives me... Um, man, it just energizes me, and it makes me so thankful that I have a dream and I'm chasing it. Not just because that's what it's about, but because Damon Chazelle is, he, he has just created something so just beautiful, and it works on so many different layers, and all the performances are amazing. And, you know, everyone always talks about J.K. Simmons' performance, and I gotta say, uh, there's little love for Miles Teller. I think he's outstanding in the film. I believe he does almost like 95% of the drumming in the film, which, I mean, if you've seen it, that it's insane how fast he is and how great he is. Uh, it's a great movie. you got to check it out. That's a that's a must-watch. Definitely one you got to see before you, before you end up in a coffin. Uh, <laughs> um, the, the second movie I watched... 
Uh, came out in 2018. It was directed by uh, Peter Farley or Fairley. Oh, I, I can never remember how to spell his name. And it's Green Book, starring uh, Mahershala Ali in an Oscar-winning performance, and Viggo Mortensen, who is one of my favorite actors in an Oscar-nominated performance. Um, this one has a lot of controversy. I don't really want to get into that much. I'm just going to say that I really liked it. I think it's a funny film. I th- it warms my heart. I like it. Uh, I'm kind of on Viggo Mortensen's side. He recently came out and said he thought all the controversy was, was you know, just a load of crud. He didn't agree with it because it's based on a true story. You can go look up the audio files on YouTube. They're there. Of Mahershala, um, oh, what's the real guy's name? Don. Um, I can't think of his real name. Don. Talking about his relationship with Viggo Mortensen's character in the movie. I'm just going to leave it at that. I think it's a must watch. Um... Yeah, definitely check it out. The third film I watched, and one I gotta watch soon because this is also a yearly watch, is my favorite Stanley Kubrick film. <laughs> uh, nice stroke, Sampley. Um, my favorite Stanley Kubrick film. It came out in 1975. It was nominated for Best Picture, and it is a period piece, which I honestly I'm not really a big fan of. And when I say period piece, I mean I mean technically almost every film is a period piece because it's set at a certain point of time that's always in the past, if that makes any sense, <laughs> or in the future. Because I, I'm not okay. Anyways, uh, <laughs> um, it's like a uh, like a Victorian, you know, you know, kind of like in the essence of uh, Downton Abbey. It's Barry Lynn. Have I even said the title yet? Barry Lyndon. I don't know why I'm like trying to squeeze tension out of it. Uh, Barry Lyndon, I think it's a masterpiece. I think it's maybe one of the best-looking films of all time. It's really cool because Stanley Kubrick used really, really old cameras. Um, and, he, of course, he shot on film. And he used almost, uh, for every single shot, natural light, meaning only sunlight or candlelight. Um, and it is a gorgeous-looking film. I mean, every single frame looks like a painting. I mean, there's some sh- some shots that just I marvel at, and I even have some on my um, desktop or desktop uh, wallpaper. Um, Ryan O'Neill gives a adequate performance as Barry Lyndon. The narrator is dry and it's very funny and witty, and the music oh the music I believe some of it is an original score, and then some of it are you know old Beethoven. Um, and classical um, works, uh, but it, it just works perfectly. The costume design is flawless. Um, it's it's a must watch. So far, we have three must watches. All right, let's turn to the next page. Oh, okay. I watched for the very first time last year the James Dean film East of Eden, which is a um, a um, what's the word I'm looking for? My word. I'm lacking today, and I can't restart because I'm already, what, eight minutes in? <laughs> um, it is a, uh, well, at the time, a modern version of this story of Cain and Abel, two brothers going at each other. And um, I actually did, didn't really care for this one. I thought it was uh, poorly written. I thought it was poorly directed. Um I thought one of the actors was really bad. The only saving grace of this film is James Dean. James Dean is absolutely amazing. Everyone else is just kind of meh. 
And uh, I don't remember much about it except laughing at a scene that was supposed to be super emotional. That was supposed to be making me cry, and I was laughing at it. Um, not a must-watch unless you're a huge James Dean fan, uh, which I, 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 I am. I, I respect him, and it's a shame he passed so early. But, um, yeah. Oh, did you see that there – I saw – this was last year, so who knows if it's even going to happen anymore because it got so much backlash and – you know, I was one of the ones that was like, this This should not happen. The, someone was shooting a war film, a big-budget war film, and they wanted for one of the strong supporting characters, CG, use a CGI version of James Dean. Why would, why, why, why would you do that? I don't understand. And they were saying, and the guy who said that wanted to do it, one of the producers said, because James Dean is the only one that could play this role. What? No! Not true. Let me tape for it. I'm kind of in that age range. <laughs> kind of, I'm getting there. I'm 22. James Dean was big in his early 20s, I think. Um, I just thought that was ridiculous. Why would you do that when there are so many actors out there? Uh, it just doesn't make any sense. Um, I, th I think it was a publicity stunt. Or, you know, they were trying to use it to get some people to come see the movie, but I wouldn't go see it. I would, you know, watch it when it comes out on YouTube, you know, the, the scenes or whatever. Anyways, East of Eden, yeah, I, I, I'm probably never going to watch it again, but you can if you're a big James Dean or you're studying his work or whatever. Um, The next film was another Ryan O'Neill film called Paper Moon, which I think is an absolute must-watch Um. His daughter, Tatum O'Neill, won the, I think, Best Supporting Actress award that year, youngest actress to ever win an Oscar. Which is funny that she won Best Supporting because she's the lead. She's, like, in all of the film. It was strange how they did that. And um, Tatum O'Neill is, was, or not was, but is actually Ryan O'Neill's daughter in real life. Unfortunately, I, I read after this, I did some research on them. They don't have the best relationship, which is unfortunate. But um, it's a great film. So clever and so funny. Um, great dialogue. And the director was Peter uh, Bogdanovich, and which also did um, that one Jeff Bridges film where he's super young. The one, I can't remember what it's called. Um, oh, hear that train? It's probably telling me to skip on and stop rambling. Um, oh, and then uh, the next film after that I watched, I remember watching, this is one of my uh, fiance's favorite movies, Black Stallion which was produced by Francis Ford Coppola and directed by Carol Ballard. Um, it is a children's film that is meticulous and has just a bunch of heart. And, I mean, it's it's almost, you know, written as... Or it's not written as a children's film, but it's, like, like shown as a child, you would think it'd be a children film, but I feel like it's really for adults, and not not because of the content, but because of the themes and um, the reality of being close to an animal. Um, and Mickey Rooney gives a great performance, and the ending like gave me goosebumps. I, I I'd like to watch that again. Uh, then I watched another Ryan O'Neill film. I guess I was on a little Ryan O'Neill binge. I watched Love Story, the 1970 film, which at one point was the highest-grossing film in America, I think. Uh, director Arthur Hiller. Uh, I thought it was okay. I thought it has maybe one of the worst lines of all time, which is uh, saying I love you never means I have to say I'm sorry. Uh, 
I remember uh, Aaron and I went and watched. I can't remember what the film was. It was uh, they were showing a classic film at the AMC in Jones Valley here in Huntsville, and they showed they they were gonna show a love story the next month, and that line was included in the trailer. And I remember Aaron just bursting out laughing out loud. She was like, "That is maybe one of the worst lines I've ever heard from a film," and I absolutely agree. Performances are good. It's kind of cheesy, hokey, but um. I mean, watch it if I think only watch it if you're interested in romance films that are gonna just just destroy you um, emotionally. Other than that, um, I'd skip it. I probably won't watch it again. After that, I watched the Michael Powell and Emmerich Pressburger film Black Narcissus. Narcissus. Sometimes I'm like, Sample, can you read Black Narcissus? I think that's I'm th- I think I'm saying it right. It came out in 1947. Um, what's her face is in this? <laughs> yeah, I have a film podcast uh, where I talk about ex- exclusively films where I don't know any of the people's names. Um, she, she, what is her name? I don't have it written down anywhere. I gotta look that up. I'm on my computer doing this podcast today. Let me, I'm gonna type this one up. Black. Oh, I feel like they just did a uh, reboot. Like they have a TV show of this on FX right now. So hopefully that one doesn't pull up. It's something, Deborah. Black, okay, hold on just a second. My keyboard's black. Nah. So, this 1947 film. Is it Deborah? I feel like it's Deborah Kerr. Is that even a real name? Okay. Uh, directed by Michael Powell and Emma Pressburg. And starring Deborah Kerr. Look, I was right. And Kathleen Byron, Sabu, David Farr, Flora. Okay, I don't even know. Okay, one of the best looking films of all time. Like, gorgeous shots. Like, the cinematography is insane for a 1947 film. Um, I thought, um, really, a really great performance from Deborah Kerr. Um, I just remember being a really, I just remember being super slow and uh, really predictable. And one of the performances I wasn't a big fan of, I can't even remember the guy's name. I'm going to skip it. I think you should watch that if you're a big fan of those directors other other film uh the red shoes which is i wonder if i did i watch that last year or the year before me and but me and noah winter actually were talking about that film the other day we were zooming just to catch up and talk about some um dude i love that podcast so much that we did that i felt like it would be a waste for us to not like do something collectively so we, we've been working on a little like uh video essay of uh of a certain film that we're just going to put out there and see if people respond or not. Or just for fun, I guess. Um. Oh, and then the next film I, I, I remember Aaron and I watched from the director David Lowry, who's, who's doing the new Peter Pan reboot, by the way. He also directed Pete's Dragon. Um. He made... Oh, 2017, A Ghost Story, starring Casey Affleck and Rooney Mara. Um thought it was okay it was on netflix we kind of just watched it because it looked interesting because i'm a big fan of both of those actors and i i also like david lowry um yeah um i think i got what it was trying to say i just was i just wasn't a big fan of the way it was presented some parts were really cool uh, good looking film i think it was shot on film it might not have been though, but I feel like it might it might have been shot like digitally, and then they put the film grain over it like that filter. But it was shot well. Um, it's not too long of a film, but there's one shot in the film where you're just like, yeah, this goes on for way too long. And then there's another scene at the end where this guy has this monologue, 
and he, he just has like the most punchable face <laughs> ever not that i'm a violent man but uh yeah i just i don't know I, i'm not gonna watch you but uh i'd skip oh and then um aaron and i went and saw in theaters 1917 directed by sam mendez which uh, I believe won a couple Oscars. Uh, won Roger Deakins' second cinematography award, so it looks amazing. It's the one where they made it look like it's all one long take, and then halfway, uh, they they make a cut, a, a pretty apparent cut, and then they do it again. Um, man, this was definitely top ten films of 2019. So many great films came out in 2019. Uh, Sam Mendes, those two actors that they cast who were kind of, not really unknowns. They'd done a lot of work before, but in smaller roles, these were like their first lead lead roles. I thought they crushed it, and I really hope that they uh, both continue to get more work. It's something that while I was watching it, you know, I'm in their age range. I was like, man, I would have killed to like be on this set and doing this because like I love like the whole war aspect. I'm working with Deacons and Sam Mendes. Uh, I really, really enjoyed this film. It won Best Picture at the Golden Globes, but it did not win at the Oscars. Parasite won. Not that that matters, but it's it's a great film. I feel like everyone who saw it almost loved it because it's just so thrilling. And the music was great by James Howard Newton, who I love. So underrated. The next movie I watched was The Seagull. The, um, it was an adaptation of the play by Anton Chekhov, which is like one of the best plays of all time. And personally, I feel like plays don't really trans- translate. If you're going to do a word-for-word adaptation of a play and put it on film, it just never works. This movie's bad. Um, it's just bad. I don't want to rip into it too much, but it's it's just a bad film. Like uh, uh, the little, the little notes, I I'm not gonna watch this movie again. I wouldn't recommend it. Go read the play though, and if you're not really into plays, you should still check it out anyway because it's ah, it's Ant- Anton Chekhov's like one of the best playwrights of all time. People always talk about Shakespeare, uh, but Anton Chekhov, man, his it's really hard to describe. Like the, he's it's he's very minimalistic. But I don't know. I, I feel like I could do just a whole episode on his work. I, I, I love his plays. One of my favorite ones by him is Ivanov and Uncle Vanya. Um, yeah, but this one was great cast. Um, some good performances, but it's not a very good film. Um, I rewatched. So this is the 13th film. Have I already gone through that many movies? Have I already talked about that many movies? Or is this my 12th? Um, yeah, no, 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 this is my 12th, this is my 12th film. I forgot I had it written in the journal that I'm holding up in front of me. I rewatched Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, which I thought, personally, was maybe the second, if not the first best film of 2019. It's one of the best films I've ever seen about acting, ever, the Rick Dalton character in Cliff Booth. Like, uh, oh my gosh, it's such a great film. Like, I could just do one episode on this, but I'm just gonna say it's a must-watch um, it has maybe one of the best third acts of all time. Uh, yes, it can get a little slow, but I always think that the performances uh, elevate that, and you're always just fascinated by what they're going to say next. And I think it's Quentin Tarantino's best film. I know a lot of people always say Pulp Fiction um, is his best film, but I thought this one, I much preferred this one. And um, I even think, um, I even prefer uh, Res- Res- War Dogs over that, and also the Kill Bills. Um, which I believe are in here too. I feel like I watched those for the first time. The next film I watched uh, was Macbeth, directed by Justin Kurtzel, who also did that terrible Assassin's Creed movie. They, they When are they going to realize that video games don't really work for film? You're taking a story 
like a 15 to 30 hour story in a video game and translating it to an hour and 45 to two hours and 30 minutes on film it, it most of the time never works i don't i couldn't name you a, a good or even a decent video game movie adaptation uh, it's just not a good idea at least i feel like they'd work as like tv shows um, I'm trying to think of one that's done that recently. I feel like the well, The Witcher that that TV show was more based on the books. Um, anyways, uh, Macbeth, uh, Michael Fassbender is amazing. Um, the cinematography is gorgeous. Um, I know. <laughs> I like how I just said that plays don't really translate into film. Uh, most of the time, Shakespeare's work does. Um, depending on who's cast and who shot, some of them haven't worked. Um, even some of them, like some of the modern ones have. This one I'm pretty sure was word for word, and it actually did work. And it's hard to understand what, what what they're talking about if you haven't seen it. Or, I'm sorry, read the play. But, um, um, yeah, I thought it was, I thought it was really, really breathtaking to look at. Like, has some of the best lighting I've ever seen in film. I haven't really seen anything else that director's done. Because he did this, then he did the Assassin's Creed um film which didn't do well bombed and again you know you know both critically and financially which is a shame but um i hope he does more because this movie is really good oh the next film i i watched uh was a hidden life aaron and i went to a theater to see this back in the day when you could do such a thing and we saw terrence malick's last film not his last film but his most recent film i guess i kind of made it sound like he died or something uh, he didn't um one of the best films I've ever seen about uh, War uh, World Two. Different perspective instead of being about the U.S. It's about a German um, soldier who refuses to be a Nazi because he has faith in Christ. Um, it's it's honest. It's brutal to watch, but I think it's absolutely necessary to watch this film, especially at the end of the film where it shows um, a certain statement. Um, I believe, which might be from the book or might just be a saying. But um, it's a beautiful film, and the performances are great. Again, like two unknowns that not a lot of people know, at least in America. I mean, they could be big in Germany. I believe they were both German. And the movie took a long time to edit. I think at one point there was like a four-hour cut of the film. I think it almost hits three hours. It's like two hours and 50 or 45 minutes, but it's absolutely worth your time. That is a must-watch, A Hidden Life, directed by Terrence Malick. I wish I knew the actors' names. It's just, it's amazing looking. And the score, again, by James Newton Howard. Like, man, it's so good, so good. Uh, the next film I watched was my first Andre Tarkovsky film, Solaris, um, the 1972 version, not the George Clooney, I think, or I think George Clooney directed version of this. I'm pretty sure in the late 90s, early 2000s. I don't know, I've never seen this. But this one was extremely weird. But, like, I don't know, it works. It's It has, like, a twist ending that you're like, wait, what is that? What does that mean? And then you're like, oh, it means this. And you're like, wait, but does it? Um, the performances are good. Um, yeah, I think, I don't know if this is an absolute must-watch. I know Tarkovsky isn't for everyone. It's very, the pacing is very slow. It's almost a three-hour film. Um, sometimes it feels like a five-hour film, but I think it's I think it's one you should check out if you're if you're obsessed with film and just watching different directors' works. Next um, movie I watched was the uh, man. I watched a lot of play to film adaptations. Um, I watched Death of a Salesman, 
the Dustin Hoffman version. I don't know if there's any. And uh, John Malkovich, who, who's great in the film. And Dust, Dustin Hoffman is, he works, but he's also really big in the film. But I think also that character within itself is really huge, Willie. It's one of my favorite plays of all time by Arthur Miller. I think it actually sort of kind of works as a film. They shot it. The reason it works as a film is because they shot it as if it were a play. It's very, it almost looks like you're watching a sitcom. Um, for the most part, I think it works. It's definitely not a must, must watch. Uh, I would rather go reread the play than watch this again, uh, which I probably need to go reread it since it's so good. Um, I need some water. Oh, my word. <clears throat> oh, my. I'm just knocking these out. I definitely don't think this is going to be a uh, one episode. This is definitely going to be a two-parter just because there's so many films. Um, um, so I'm sorry. I'm reading this text message. Um, that's important. Maybe I should just cut all this stuff out. I don't know. Is anyone, does anyone even listen anymore? If anyone is, please reach out to me. Uh, at this number, um, where was I? What am I even talking about? What what even what time is it? Oh, it's twelve. Oh wow. Uh, <laughs> what am I? Twenty five minutes in? Yeah. Okay. Sweet. Let's keep going. I hope you guys are like. I hope this is a good episode. I feel like it would be because I'm throwing a lot of different films out there. I feel like last year I really challenged myself to watch a lot of movies I hadn't seen before. Um. I hope you guys are getting out a lot out of this. Because uh, I feel like I just hadn't talked about movies in a long time. Um, the next film I watched was 8th Grade, directed by the stand-up comedian Bo Burnham. It's a story about a young woman, uh, an 8th grader, going throughout the 8th grade and getting ready for that freshman year in high school. I'd never seen a film before about the middle school, like just, just alone the middle school year. It's a masterpiece. I think this is an absolute must-watch especially for parents to understand what's going on in public schools today um, with social media, with um, how people treat one another, uh, no matter the age. Um, it's, it's kind of um, – it's, it's a great movie to watch, but it's also kind of scary. I feel like if I were a parent watching it, I'd be like I'd pull my kid from middle school. But um, I don't think that – that's not the point of the film it's just showing you know you know there's happiness in the film too the, the young girl goes through through trials and tribulations as anyone else would but um you're just like man uh people can be mean um but it's it's so good and i can't think of the young girl's name i'm gonna i'm gonna look it up um she i believe she was nominated for a golden globe um what was her name what is her name where is oh a24 did it man they they've been really crushing it throughout the past couple of years okay um actress's name i feel like she's done a bunch of stuff before but um she was nominated elsie fisher oh and then josh hamilton plays the father and they have this great scene near the end of the film that is just like it it gets me every time it makes me tear up because rarely do you see i feel like Whenever you're watching a film like this, you're always seeing the parents criticizing or, um, you know, saying their child can't do a certain thing. In this film, like, he he just – it's a scene between father and daughter, and he's just telling her not to give up on her dreams. And it's just a really – just really 
a beautiful moment. Uh, the next film I watched was the uh, 2000 classic by Ang Lee, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, which I thought was like insanely visually captivating. Uh, that has some of like the best fight scenes I've ever seen in a film. Um, I unfortunately I watched the dubbed version, which um, was very distracting. I should have just watched the regular version and just read the subtitles. But I, I accidentally I watched this on DVD. I bought it used, um, and I didn't realize that it was dubbed. And um, it was yeah that that aside, I'm gonna look past that because <laughs> I mean whoever dubbed, I mean they it was it, they did an absolute terrible job. But um, the fight scenes are amazing. The performances are great. If you can ignore the dubbing, watch the subtitled version, unlike I did. The score is great too, and um, yeah, it's. Like, classic action film. Um, next film I watched was directed by Katy Perry's uncle, Frank Perry, in 1968. Um, I believe, what was that other director? Was it Sidney Pollack that also maybe came in to direct it? I've heard rumors. It's called The Swimmer, one of my favorite weird movies of all time. It's about Burt Lancaster's character, uh, Ned, where um, you his goal throughout the film is to swim pool from pool in his neighborhood. Everyone in the neighborhood has a pool. He's going to swim from pool to pool to his house. Why? We don't know. But over the course of the film, each pool he goes in and the different neighbors he interacts with, we slowly discover who he truly is. And it's like oddly like one of my favorite movies of all time. It has like it's very very cheesy. And even has like some like weak acting moments, but for some reason they worked because of the context of the film. Um, it's it's very strange, but it just works. I highly recommend you watch it. I don't think it's streaming anywhere. You might be able to rent it. I have a Blu-ray version uh, that I got from Amazon, but it's so strange. I don't want to say anymore. Oh, and also Joan Rivers makes an appearance. I think it was like one of the first things she does, and like her looking like young is weird to see i don't know why um next movie i watched uh the 2013 um woody allen film blue jasmine uh, i thought it was okay blanchett won that year for best actress i thought she deserved it the rest of the film is meh i would skip it um <laughs> i'm gonna start just rapping or i'm just gonna start rapping through these i'm gonna at least try to get through one journal today um because where are we at we're at 30 minutes i'm, I'm doing all right okay I don't want to, well, you know what, you know, the more, you know, I should give you more, you know, uh, you know, I, I, I'm wasting time right now, just rambling to myself, it's amazing, um, the next film I watched was Pan's Labyrinth, directed by Guillermo del Toro in, two, in uh, 2006, uh, amazing makeup, costume, set, atmospheric, haunting monsters i like people say that the pale man the pale if you've seen the movie the pale man they're not the movie the pale man but if you've seen the movie pan's labyrinth the character the pale man they say that's terrifying i think the fawn that like who says it's her friend i think he's more terrifying um because well i don't like goats and goat legs creep me out and stuff aaron and i went to the zoo last week and um i was literally fine with any every single other animal and she was like oh you want to go pet the goats i was like nope and she was like, why? And I was like, I don't know. They're just, they get Satan eyes. It's not for me. Goats are not for me. And plus, they got those little horns. You know, you can, it's better to be safe than sorry. You know, great film. Check out Pan's Labyrinth. I believe it is still on Netflix. Uh, why did I just sound I was like doing an ad? For that? <laughs> uh, 
<coughs> Ooh. I get the COVID. No, I don't. I mean, that's terrible. I shouldn't say that. People are dying. Sampling. People are dying. Yeah, people die every day about other stuff. Oh, man, I really gotta delete that part. Um, next one I watched was directed by Bennett Miller, Foxcatcher. Amazing Steve Carell performance. Channing, Channing Tatum is in it, but he does a great job. Mark Ruffalo. Yeah, Mark Ruffalo's in it. He's great. Um, it's not an uplifting sports film. It's like a down, like, you know, it's 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 a great movie to watch performance-wise. Don't watch it expecting to watch this, like, great underdog story. It is, like, the opposite of that, which is actually kind of refreshing in a sports film. The next movie I watched was A Serious Man, the Coen Brothers comedy, starring Michael Stuhlbarg, who's amazing. And he's an amazing actor, and he gives a great performance. I thought the movie was okay. Um, the next film I watched was David Fincher's 2010 classic, The Social Network, which um, every time I watch it, it just gets more. Just it, it just it just gets better as I watch it. Um, Andrew Garfield, I think, has gives a great performance. Jesse Eisenberg um, plays himself, but up, <laughs> but he turns it to eleven. He's great. The score. By Trent Reznor and Atticus, um, what is his name? I don't know. Anyways, the score is great. Army Hammer playing like doing a double as a twin like somehow works. Like it's it never feels distracting. Um, like I think the first time I actually saw it, I thought that they were twins twins in real life, and then I was like, oh, they just used the same actor twice. That's interesting. Um, it's a great film to watch. I don't know if any of it's true. You really never know, but I think it's just a great film to watch as if it were fiction instead of it being real. Uh, the next film I watched was uh, part of the Three Colors trilogy, and this was White by Krzysztof Kielowski, I think is how you pronounce his name. I don't know. It's a po- I think it's Polish. Um, what is this one about? Is this the... Um, oh, this is the one with Julie Delpy where like she like screws her ex-husband over big time. Um... Yeah, it's a. Uh, I mean, to watch this, you have to watch the one before it, which is blue, and then the next one after that is red. I mean, it's an interesting trilogy to walk at, or watch. It's about you know different. Each trilogy is about different relationships, uh, husband wife, and then um, a younger woman meets this older man, and uh, she finds out he's spying on his neighbors, and uh, they like clash about that. And then the first one is about this woman who. Uh, she's dealing with her depression, uh, losing her husband, and then f- discovering that he was not the person he said he was. Uh, oh, this is uh, the next film I watched was called Stage Fright by Alfred Hitchcock, which is an underrated Hitchcock film. Uh, he actually came out later and said that he wasn't a big fan of the film, which is funny because I think it's a great film. Um, I, you should check it out if you love Hitchcock. The next film I watched, like I mentioned, was Kill Bill, and then I watched Kill Bill Volume 2. Uma Thurman is, like, great. I don't know what she's doing these days. I wish she would do more stuff. Like, she's you forget how great of an actress she is. Quentin Tarantino's uh, dialogue and mix of genres, B-movies, uh, anime is just genius. And, um, uh, you know, samurai films. It's some of the gr- greatest fight scenes of all time, I think. Some of the best-looking fight scenes of all time. The choreography is great. Uh, check both those films out if you're not afraid of a lot of blood. Then I watched, I actually put the TV show Rectify in here because I felt like it deserved a spot in my film journal. Um, Jake Austin Walker and I talked about this, so if you want to go you know, re-listen or listen to what we talked about the show, you should go check it out because we had amazing things to say. You know, he was he was in it. He played, um, um, uh, what is it? I don't know. 
Wow, what a great friend. You don't remember his character. Uh, you know, he probably doesn't even remember his own character's name. Hello? Is this still on? Okay, I think I hit pause or something. Like, it stopped out of nowhere. Uh, I kind of freaked out because, <laughs> you know, I had 35 minutes going. And I was like, sweet. Um, okay, uh, I, do I don't know what part it cut out on. I'm just going to just re-say what I said. I said I watched Honey Boy uh, by Alma Harrell, uh, which star stars the now... Or, I guess, he'll forever be controversial, I guess, Shia LaBeouf. I don't want to talk about all that stuff, but it seems he is just, like, on a wave. Sometimes, like, people love him. Sometimes people are at his throat. Or maybe it's a little bit of both all the time. Nevertheless, his, like, him as a person aside, I think he has a great performance in this film, as as does Noah uh, Jupe in... Or Jupe? I don't know how you say his name. But it's uh, kind of a... Um, a true story about Shia LaBeouf growing up in the industry as a, uh, as a young child. He plays his own father in the film. Uh, both of those performances are just, they'll, they'll crush your soul. They're so good. Next film I watched was the Disney classic Aladdin. Not the new one with Will Smith, but the 1992 version. Um, yeah, this is one of my favorite Disney films. I, I think everyone, I think most people have seen this. Robin Williams gives an amazing performance and it makes me miss him every time I watch it. After that, I watched, uh, I watched Okja. Uh, I think in preparation to see Parasite, either I had already seen it at this point, or... Wait, wait, wait. Had I seen it at this point? No, 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 no. I couldn't have, because it, it didn't come out yet, did it? I don't know. I th it's by Bong Joon-ho, who also directed Parasite. Um, yeah, it's... Uh, it's um, Parasite is, like, amazing, and this movie is okay. It's on Netflix. You should watch it if you just love his... Uh, lo love him as a director. Um... I need to see more of his stuff, honestly. The next film I watched was The Fugitive Kind, starring Marlon Brando. Let's see if I can do uh, an accent. Or not an accent, an impression. I've never done a Marlon Brando impression before. Um, all right. Stella! <laughs> I couldn't think of any of the lines from this film because I really... Uh, I put, oh, it's also based of, uh, wait, what? Uh, no, 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 no. Did Tennessee Williams write this film? This isn't a play, is it? No, I think he just wrote it with Lemay. Wait. What? Brando, Woodward, Magnate, Lemay, and Williams all together equal compelling melodrama. It's a pretty good film. I don't remember a lot from it, just besides Brando had an amazing performance, as he always does in, like, every single one of his films. Um... Um, other than that, I thought it was pretty good. You should check it out if you like Sydney Lumet or Lumet. I don't. I've heard people say it, you know, both ways. I don't know what it is. And then after that, I watched Secret Honor, the Robert Altman film where Philip Baker Hall plays um, Nixon, and it's just him in the film, and he's like talking to to himself throughout the entire film. It's an amazing performance that I think Robert Altman like the reason he filmed it was to help film students that he was teaching at UCLA or. USC or at some film school I, I can't remember but um, it's a it's on Criterion if you want to check it out after that I watched the Jeff Nichols masterpiece which like I think of, I need to rewatch this ASAP because it's so good I mean uh, I have I have a certain theory about it that I haven't seen online um, it's about uh, Michael Shannon plays this like this guy who is either going crazy or is seeing um, like the future um, like Armageddon rapture coming and he, he starts to build a shelter like hurriedly in his backyard and it's one of the best looking films and it has an amazing performance it, it's really good you need to go check it out Jeff Nichols um, 
he also did Mud, which is great with Matthew McConaughey. And then he also did Midnight Special with Adam Driver, which is a really good film. And then he did something else. I think a film called Loving with um, – I can't think of either of their names. But it's, it's on Netflix. I need to check it out. Um, next film I watched is one of my favorite sport films ever, but directed by Peter Yates, the 1979's Breaking Away, which was like one of Dennis Quaid's first performances. It's about this, uh, it's not him, but it's a different actor. I can't think of his name. What is his name? I gotta, I gotta remember people's names a little bit better. Breaking Away, 1979 film. I don't know how to describe it, so I'm just going to look up the Wikipedia and see how it describes it because it is just like, ah, uh, no, I'm clicking on the wrong stuff. Stop. Oh, and it has What's-His-Face from Home Alone. I forget. I always forget about that when I watch it. And I think it won best. Okay, Dennis Christopher's Dave, Daniel Stern, and Jackie Earl Haley. He's also in it. Barbara Barry, so is Paul Dooley, who plays the dad in a great underrated supporting performance. Um, a small town boy obsessed with the Italian cycling team vies for the affections of a college girl. It's really not even just about that. It's more about him and his his buddies realizing that high school's over and they get all move on from each other and they're not going to be friends anymore and they have this one last like hurrah together in this bike race uh, to support their friend Dave. And um, it's not a perfect film, but I I love it. It's it's really really good. Every time I look away to Google something, I'm afraid it's going to stop recording or something bad's going to happen. Um, yeah, go check it out. It's a great film. I don't know if you can find it anywhere. Maybe try to rent it. It's definitely worth the rent, though. Um, oh, next film I watched is, is maybe one of my um, um, favorite comedies of all time. Uh, directed by Akiva Schaffer, or Schaefer of The Lonely Island, uh, Andy Samberg and the hot rod will arnett kills me in this film where he's going babe babe no wait babe babe like as his uh, as his girl's running away near the end oh this is like so many great lines from this film bill Hader is hilarious one of my favorite lines in film ever is when they're filling up, up a pool and he says it like under his breath you can almost miss it they're filling up a pool for this stunt that andy sandberg's gonna do and Bill Hader mumbles, you know, pools are really good for holding water. <laughs> it's just like one of those lines you think, man, that's genius. Like, I, how can someone write that? Um, it's, it's just like so obvious it's so genius. And also when uh, Andy, Stamberg, Andy Samberg's like flirting with this girl, uh, Isla Fisher. Wait, is that her name? The one that looks like Amy Adams that's married to Borat. I can't remember her name. Um... <laughs> um uh, what was, oh, his uh, his uh, brother, his stepbrother comes up to him as like Andy Samberg's finally getting a long time with this girl. And he goes, hey, uh, Rod, what's that uh, song that goes, uh, what's that song called that goes, uh, Grand Grandma Got Run Over by a Reindeer? And Andy Samberg's like, uh, uh, Grandma Got Run Over by a Reindeer? And the stepbrother's like, no. <laughs> oh, and also Danny McBride's in the film who kills me in like everything he does. It's one of my favorite comedies. It's dumb. It's supposed to be dumb. Um, it's definitely not like it's like. Well, I would say it is smart in some sense. It's really uh, you got to check it out if you need a good laugh. It might still be on Netflix. After that, I watched the Robert Altman, um, Elliot Gould film, The Long Goodbye, which um, I don't remember a lot of actually. I need to go back and rewatch that. I remember liking some of it, but not a lot, a whole lot of it. It's probably my least favorite Robert Altman film so far. My favorite being Nashville or. Um, I watched Shortcuts. I think I watched it later 
Maybe this it will later pop up in this journal. I'm not sure. I bet it will. What did I watch it that year? I can't remember. Okay, and the next film I watched was Parasite, which ended up winning Best Picture. I think it was the first foreign film to ever win Best Picture of the Oscars. I was fine with it winning. I thought once upon a time in Hollywood it should have won, but like I, you know, and Oscars aren't that big of a th- big of a deal. I know I always say that, and then I always talk about it, and I always mention it. I just I don't know why I do that. Um, but uh, yeah, I think it's a really really great well made film. Almost Hitchcockian. The performances are like amazing. Um, but I, I think it doesn't have a good ending. Again, I've only seen it once. I don't I didn't think it had a great ending. Like everything else, like everything up. It's like literally the last five minutes I did not like. Maybe even less than that. Maybe like the last two minutes I just didn't like. I thought it ended not as strong as it could have. Just I don't know. Maybe I need to go back and rewatch it. I own it on Blu ray, I went and bought it, so I need to rewatch it again. The next film I watched was directed by Lulu Wang. Um, starring Aquafina, The Farewell. I watched this on Amazon Prime. I think it's an Amazon Prime original. Great acting, great story. Um, uh, I, yeah, I thought it was good. Uh, not a must-watch, but you should check it out if you're into small independent films. Uh, the next film I watched was Benny and June, which might be one of the dumbest movies I've ever seen. Um, and I don't think it means to be dumb. I think it means to be, be sincere most of the time. Uh, Johnny Depp plays like this amalgamation of um, uh, Buster Keaton and Charlie Chaplin. He knocks it out of the park. Uh, I can't remember the other two actors. I can't even remember like what actually happens in that film. It's just kind of meh. Um, but Johnny Depp's really good. If you love Johnny Depp, just look the scenes up on YouTube, which I do. Oh, the next film I watched was maybe one of my favorite Johnny Depp performances out there besides Jack Sparrow, where he plays Ed Wood in... You know, the film, Ed Wood, uh, directed by Tim Burton. I'm not really a huge fan of Tim Burton, but this film, I was like, this, I think, may be his best one. Um, It's about the real-life director, Edward Wood, who was a very interesting man who uh, wanted to be a world-class director. And um, he's most famous for making some of the worst films of all time, but, like, he was so sincere and so passionate. You're like, how can someone so passionate make something so terrible but uh it's just it's just an interesting concept of a you know of a you know, i mean it actually happened it's based on a true story um you should check it out it's very strange like all tim burton films but johnny depp gives an amazing performance uh, which i believe he was nominated for an oscar for why do i say that all the time when i say i don't care okay the next film i watched was i think one of believe it or not david lynch directed a disney film that came out in 1999, also starring um, Sissy Spacek, I believe, who plays, um, what is this guy's name? Like, it's called Straight Story. I don't know if you've seen it. It's on Disney+. Plus. I had my brother. I was like, after I watched it, I was like, I told, made it like my two younger brothers. Like, I was like, you guys got to watch this film. It's almost very similar to The Black Stallion where it's like children can watch it, but like it, it just resonates so deeply within you that like it's just so beautiful. I feel like almost all ages, like those are some of my favorite films. That like all ages can sit down and watch a film, and every way and everyone in it can take away the same thing, or maybe some different feelings depending on like the life that they've lived. Straight story. I'm gonna look up. I believe it's based on a true film too. Um, straight story. What's his name? He crushes it. One of my favorite performances like ever. Um, Oh, I was right. Richard Farnsworth, and then also um, Harry Dean Stanton plays his brother near the end. 
Uh, it feels more like a cameo, if anything. But um, Richard Farnworth gives this amazing performance as this old man who finds out uh, his brother Harry Dean Stanton is dying, and so he doesn't have a driver's license. He's sold. You know, he just can't do that anymore. Um, he decides that he's going to rig his lawnmower, his riding lawnmower, and he's going to travel, I think it was like 300 miles to go see his brother so he could say goodbye. And they haven't talked to each other in like 20 years because something terrible happened. And they reconnect. And um, throughout the journey, he meets several people. And you kind of discover more and more about him and what happened between him and his brother and what happened in his life. It's such a magical film. Like, it's one of my favorite underrated Disney films. Um, the next film I watched was another movie I really don't remember. Like, it just kind of like, I just remember having it maybe the worst ending I've ever seen in a film. It's Harper starring Paul Newman, who gives a great performance. And, and the film is very colorful and fun. He's a detective trying to figure out who murdered who. I just thought, uh, I remember it having really bad ADR, uh, like, like terrible ADR where like I think there's one part in the film where uh, the person speaks and his mouth does not match up with what he's saying at all and then also um, uh, I'm trying to think what else I can't even remember who played the bad guy who ended up being the bad guy it's not one I'd, I'd rewatch either it came out in 1966 I mean it's a fun movie to watch if like you're a big fan of Paul Newman but I wouldn't check it out if you were like expecting a masterpiece the next film I watched um, was the 1978 John Carpenter film Halloween. I'd, it was the first time I'd ever seen it. Great opening. Uh, I thought it was okay the rest of the movie. I, um, I don't know. Um, yeah. It, yeah, it was okay. I know a lot of people might have a problem with that since I know it's a huge classic. I just It just wasn't one for me. The next film I watched was uh, one of the most interesting films I've ever seen, uh, uh, cinematography-wise. Um, Humphrey Bogart plays this um, this he's he's framed for some crime. It's called Dark. Why do I why do I keep explaining what the movie is and then I don't say what the title is? Come on, Sam, we get better at this. I know people are like, "What's the movie?" Uh, Humphrey Bogart. Humphrey- <laughs> Humphrey Bogart and Dark Passage, um, which is a film, like the whole first hour is shot through his POV. And then it breaks, I think, at one point for the rest of the hour or the rest of the runtime. It's really, really interesting. And I think it's actually a really great film that's like a lot of people don't talk about. Um, yeah, and I remember having a really strong ending, and I remember being fascinated with the POV. I mean, yeah, I mean, you could say that's a gimmick, but I thought it actually worked. I'm not going to spoil why it worked, because I think that would ruin an aspect of the story, but I think you should go check the film out. Um, next, the, uh, next film I watched was, oh, the Robert De Niro, like one of his first performances ever, Bang the Drum Slowly in 1973. Um, it's about Robert De Niro has this, uh, cancer and he's a catcher for a baseball team. He's, he's, you know, he's not a starter and, um, his, his best friend, I can't remember the other actor's name. I think his last name was Moriarty, John Moriarty, Michael Moriarty. I can't remember. It's a really great underrated sports film that's more off, off the pitch or what do you call it? Baseball, baseball field, baseball pitch. No, soccer pitch. I don't know. Uh, it's a great film. You should check it out. I think it's actually a must-watch if you're a big fan of sports films 
or a big fan of Robert De Niro because he, he's great. The next film I watched was the 1961 Elia Kazan. I guess somewhat classic? I, I, it's regarded as a classic, I think, but not a lot of people talk about it. It's Splendor in the Grass, starring Natalie Wood and Warren Beatty. Um, and this kind of like Romeo and Juliet love story um, that has, I think, a great ending. Um, it's one of those movies where uh, they're playing high schoolers, but you know they look like they're in their late twenties, and so like that just totally takes you out of some scenes when they're at the school, kind of like Increase, <laughs> or I guess in most films now. And I feel like they've gotten better over time casting actual you know high schoolers or eighteen year olds that at least look younger than they are, um, including myself, who's played like last year I played an eighteen year old. A 17-year-old, a 16-year-old, and SAG projects. So I think they're getting better um, because I actually look that age. But I'm not I'm in my early 20s, but I look like a child. And I'm okay with that. People say, you know, you don't look that old. As if it were supposed to be an insult. And I'm like, no, that's great. I'm going to keep doing these roles for the rest of my life. Well, hopefully not, actually. Um... Next film I watched was Heaven Knows Mr. Allison, which is Deborah, uh, is it, wait, no, is Deborah Carr in that film, or Deborah Kerr? No, 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 well, hold on, let me look this up. If I can spell Heaven right. Heaven Knows Mr. Allison. Is it Deborah Kerr playing a, um, nun again? Because she played a nun in, um, uh, Black Narcissus. It's directed by John Huston. Yeah, it is Deborah Kerr. Wow. Oh, I didn't know she was in The King and I. I've never seen that one before. i got to check that one out. This came out... Oh, and um, uh, Robert Mitchum's in it, if I haven't said that already. Uh, wow, what a gorgeous-looking film. Sh- of course, shot on film. Um, it's about these two people who are stranded on this island or in World Um And... They find comfort in one another as the two hope for a rescue. It's a very tense film. It ends in a way you are not expecting. Robert Mitchum gives this great performance as like this somewhat buffoon, yet like he's like buffoonish, but like or he's more oafish, but he's smart. Um, it's a great looking film because it's on an island. It's just beautiful. Everything's so blue and the color pops. Um, and. Like, it has an ending that kind of catches you off guard that I think really works. Like, the whole time you think the movie's predictable and then it throws you a curveball at the end that actually works. Oh, wow! That's uh, that's one journal. Well, to be fair, that was half of a journal because the other, the other half is from 2019. Um, man, I should have just started at the beginning when I started doing journals. Yeah, I like doing journals because, well, one, for this reason, you can share with people what you've watched because you'll have a great memory of it. Um, and also, I, it, I, I like to write, and I, I like watch a film, and then if I'm, I'm gonna, if I'm gonna work on a script that I'm writing, or, you know, a little shorter, just something fun I'm working on, um, cause I like to do that stuff, I, I don't really shout that out as much as maybe I should, um, I like to write in my journal a little bit, um, just little notes and stuff, and, you know, little favorite moments, what worked, what didn't, um, you know, who directed the film, all that stuff. Most whenever I said the director's name, that was not off the top of my head. Otherwise, I would maybe not remember it. Only for some of them, but um, I think I'm gonna stop right here, and then uh, maybe I'll keep going next time if this podcast, if this episode gets a good response, and people want to 
you know, here the rest of the films. Or maybe I can do this, you know, throughout you know, the next couple of months being like, hey, here's some more movies you should, you should watch after you've watched all the ones I've mentioned or maybe at least look them up. I hope I was coherent throughout <laughs> this podcast. I kind of got a new setup going here. I'm recording on uh, something else new. Um, but, uh, yeah, as for the future of this podcast, I, I am really excited because I've utilized Zoom. If you saw my last interview that I mentioned at the beginning with Hunter, I did it through Zoom. So if you watched on Anchor or Spotify or whatever, please keep doing that. But it's also uploaded on YouTube as well to where you can watch the interview. I, I, I do need to get a better webcam. Like, Hunter's look great. I think it's just my computer. I'm, in, I'm also in the market for a new computer. I've been looking at MacBook Airs um, just because I've, I need, I need a better computer for video editing and also like a better camera. I, I think I'm going to get a 2021. Um, hey, but if, and I don't really know that much about computers, that's not my forte. So if anyone is like, Hey, don't get that. You should get this instead. Like throw it out there. I'm not going to be like, Oh no, I'm not going to, you know, I trust a lot of people's opinions. Also shout out to, uh, one of my listeners, Jeremy Romberger. He's an actor here in Huntsville, Alabama. You should check him out. One, he's a really good actor and he also does voice work. He's been a constant listener of this podcast. I just want to give him a shout out because, uh, he gave me some feedback on some, uh, audio and equipment and stuff and like how to get started. I just realized I never really gave him a shout out and I really appreciate his uh, insight. Um, yeah, this is the podcast. Uh, next, week i believe i'm going to have a guest on i don't think we've locked it down for sure so i'm not going to say who it is i don't want to get anyone too excited um but i have some great names lined up for the rest of the film or not film for the rest of the uh, podcast season i don't know where i'll end up taking a break maybe spring break but i'm just going to keep doing it every week i really thank you so much for everyone who's continued to listen and reach out to me and be like i love this episode or, you know, a lot of people have texted me and said, please stop. This podcast isn't worth it. You're losing everything, Stampley. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, again, I, I appreciate you listening, going on my Patreon, checking that out. You know, uh, I got I set up a new page. I guess I need to share that more. Uh, thank you so much for going on YouTube and watching that interview I did with Hunter. Thank you so much for listening on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts. Feel free to share my podcast, too, with your friends and family. Like, uh, you know, I got a lot of listeners, I mean, a lot more than I expected. I mean, like, you know, I'm not bragging or anything, but uh, feel free to share because, you know, I really want people, I really want to be able to do this thing um, a lot more. Um, right now, I'm just kind of doing it for fun, but I'd also like to do this, um, you know, to keep going. And to do that, I kind of, you know, need to be, make a little bit here to continue to do it, uh, just to make the time worth it. But, um, you know, because I'm getting married soon. Um... <laughs> Uh, I don't know. I'm just babbling now. But I hope you enjoyed this episode. Thank you guys so much for listening. God bless. Have a great rest of your week. And I'll talk to you. Or at least you'll... Yeah, I guess I'll talk to you. You don't talk to me. I'll talk to you next week. Bye.